Did you know Easter Sunday night is in the Bible? I kind of felt this all this week, and I thought, well, Lord, I don't, you want me to preach on Easter Sunday night, but I don't think it's in the Bible. But I found it. Now, here's something I learned about preachers. If you want to preach something bad enough, you can find it in the Bible. Amen. You You look and you find it. And it's found in the 20th chapter of the book of John. And uh, I want to just read one verse, and then you can be seated, and then I'll read the rest of this. And uh, I'm going to actually read two verses. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. And then that, everybody say that same day. No, you got to say it like you mean it now. Say that same day. Then that same day at evening, that's Sunday night, then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the disciples were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus, stood in the midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Praise God. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to talk to you about Easter Sunday night. Easter Sunday night. Let's ask God's blessing upon his word. Heavenly Father, we need you tonight. We ask you to have your way. We pray that you would move and touch and work in lives and hearts. We pray that you would touch everybody, Lord, that uh, was affected either online or in person here today. We thank you for everybody that drove through, that you would touch their lives. Thank you for all the effort that went into it, Lord. And if one person is saved as a result of it, it's enough. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, I want to say a very special thank you to everybody that helped us. And uh, we didn't have, and, and, and I'm glad, kind of, uh, that we didn't have the big turnout with the drive through Like we, that means things are kind of getting back to normal. So, uh, boy, we did this a couple of years ago. And, I mean, they just inundated us. And so people are getting back to normal. So we thank God for that. Uh, but I'm telling you tonight, God is where you're living. Amen. That, that, that's good news tonight. Wherever you are, God is, in, is right where you're living. If you are lonely tonight, God is where you're living. If you are depressed tonight, God is where you are living. If you are suicidal tonight and you're watching us online, God is where you are living. What I hope to uh, convey to you tonight, because I know you're tired, I know you've had a long day, and uh, you were so kind to either log back in and and you drive back here tonight, so I want to be cognizant, I want to be aware of that. Some of you, y'all glowing. Y'all been to church three times. This y'all's third time today. Y'all so spiritual. Amen. Y'all might need to lay hands on us today. And, uh, but, uh, uh, but I'm thankful that every one of you uh, come to the house of God. I'm thankful for the people of God. I don't ever want to take for granted the goodness of God's people. Amen. And uh, we find in this, this passage is powerful because it speaks, like I talked about this morning, The Word of God will help you if you will let it. The Word of God will speak to my life and to your life if we will allow it. Praise God. We find here, and I love finding. Listen, if you find yourself in a situation, you find yourself maybe in a time of persecution, find somebody in the Bible that's being persecuted. Find yourself in the Word of God, and you will find your answer. Amen. The answer's in the book. Praise God. I know it's old-fashioned to preach the Bible, 
it, it's much more popular to preach how to win friends and influence people and how to, uh, you know, have a successful marriage. And that's wonderful stuff. And how to get along with people and how to rise to the top and everything else. But I'm going to tell you, all of that is in this book. Praise God. And so we find in the 20th chapter of the book of John, uh, first thing that we find is verse 19, and it speaks to the presence of God. And uh, the disciples, you gotta, you got to keep in uh, mind the, the, the mindset that they were in, and that was Jesus had been crucified. There was rumor that he had been resurrected, but you've got to remember he had been crucified. And there was a reason he had been crucified is because the authorities wanted him dead. And so the disciples and their followers were at least frightened, if not greatly intimidated, Oh, but for the presence of God. Oh, when things are not going like I need them to. When I've got all the bad news in the world, there's something about the presence of God. Amen. Give me one person at a prayer meeting, just me and them, or maybe just you and God. Nobody shows up. Oh, but when his presence is there, that's all you need. And here they are in that little room, dimly lit, and it's getting dark. Oh, but in verse 19, then that same day, I'm glad when I call on God, He comes the same day. I'm glad when I need Him, He comes the same day. I'm glad when I have a situation, He shows up on the same day. Praise God. Look at this. Then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. Isn't it amazing? He knows what we have need of before we even ask. Amen. That door was shut. That word shut right there means locked down, like New York City, 17 locks on it. It's locked down, barricaded. Many times in the Far East, they would push a heavy piece of furniture up against the, uh, the, the door. But the Bible said the door didn't stop him. He just came on in, praise God. I'm telling you tonight, I don't know where you are, and I don't know what you're barricaded in, but I'm in the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you tonight, God can show up where you are, and God can help you, Brian, where you are, and God can help your situation where you are, and God can work where you are. Amen. Nobody else can get in, but I'm telling you, when nobody else can get in, if God is welcome, he'll show up, and he will help you hallelujah I wouldn't give you two cents for coming to church on Sunday night if I knew God wasn't going to be here but because Jesus is here anything can happen somebody said why are you having church on Sunday night it's Easter Sunday night everybody ought to have on their pajamas and they ought, they ought to be drinking root beer floats but I'm telling you tonight God can show up on a Sunday night and he can help somebody he can save somebody he can deliver somebody tonight hallelujah hallelujah praise God there's something about his presence and his presence is in this place oh if I could just get that in my spirit amen where the spirit of the Lord is uh, there is liberty 
You can get your freedom tonight. Amen. That's what's so exciting about coming to the house of God. Listen, I don't ever come to the house of God and ho-hum around and just say, well, you know, I hope something happens. No, I come expecting a miracle. I do like you. I come here expecting somebody to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If maybe nobody here needs the Holy Ghost, I'm expecting somebody watching. Amen. To lift their hands and say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then let us know, hey, I got it. Praise God. Look at verse 20. The next thing he did. When he had so said. When he had in verse 19. When he had established. That his presence was there. That was enough. His presence. Is enough. Amen. You get his presence. In what's going on in your life. And great things will happen. Look at verse 19, or verse 20. When he had so said. He showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. You know, sometimes it takes a time or two to see the Lord in a situation. Amen. Now, now I want you to get this. He's already walked through the door. He's already let them know that he's here. He had to show them his hands and his side. And they said, oh, that's him. And Thomas still didn't get it. In fact, we find out Thomas was a little slower and Thomas was more my speed. The Bible said it took him eight days to get it. You know, some, some of us are slower than others. But he finally got it. But I'm telling you tonight, if you get the presence of God in what's going on in your life, amen, what God said, look at my hands and look at my side. Amen, look what I have provided. I'm not just here, but I brought something with me. What did you bring with you, Lord? I brought healing in my hands. What did you bring with you, Lord? Amen. I brought deliverance in my hands. What did you bring with you, Lord? I brought uh, uh, deliverance from addiction in your hands. Amen. What did you bring, Lord? Amen. I got something in my hands that can help you, and I can deliver you, and I can work in your life tonight. Praise God. What that healing or what those hands and that side represents is the, the ability of God to work in our life. I, I felt this tonight. I had this kind of in my spirit, and I've been studying over it for the last week, and I just began to write out some additional stuff. I don't normally write many notes, but uh, I, I just began to write from each verse, and, uh, and the Lord just began to speak to me. And uh, as I was uh, concentrating on verse 20, God said, I, I want you to stop. And I want you to pray for the sick uh, when you get to verse 20. I don't want you to talk about healing. I want you to let me heal. I don't want you just to preach about healing. You know, sometimes we just pass right over the presence of God. But God's in this house, uh, and God wants to help somebody. God's in this house, uh, and he wants to help somebody that's watching. God's in this house, uh, and he wants to heal somebody. Praise God. Give me a little bit more monitor, Brother Ron, if you don't mind. Uh, and so... What I want us to do right now, I, I know we prayed for the sick, but I want us to pray. Uh, I talked to Morgan. She had to step out, with, step out with the baby here just a moment ago. But I, I asked her this morning how her mother was doing, and she said she's still in a lot of pain. But listen, I believe that right now God can heal that. I said right now God can heal that. Amen. Now, we, I, I think a lot of times we put up with stuff, and it's not our fault. We can only do what we can do. Uh, but I think a lot of times we put up with stuff, and God says, when you get a belly full, y'all know what that is, right? That's when you're really tired of it. You get a belly full. 
uh, that when you get a belly full of it, then I, I'll take care of it. And so I believe in tonight that God can heal this situation. Heather Martin is in the hospital and has sepsis. I believe God can handle that. Amen. Uh, Jeff's family, this is a lady that my wife has been ministering to that we met on a plane several years ago. I believe that God can handle and bring comfort to that family in time of loss and a lot of other things. Sister Margaret Hilton, uh, Brother Alan Brady, Sister Mary Brady, uh, and, and many others that are homebound and not able to get out. I believe that God is able to work in them right now. Marge, I believe God can heal your back right now. Amen. I believe God can heal your hearing if you're here tonight. Amen. Right now. Sister Copeland, I believe God can heal your hands right now. I believe God can heal whatever's going on. Scoliosis, God can heal it right now. Amen. God can heal depression right now. God can heal anxiety right now. God can heal everything that's coming against you by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. I want us to stand to our feet and I want us to believe God tonight that God is going to work and God is going to heal and God is going to touch and God is going to work right now. Come on, let's pray and believe God right now. In the name of Jesus, we're believing you, Lord. Lord, those, those places in your hand. Lord, those places in your side. God, in your name, we're applying healing. We're applying healing to everyone that we mentioned. We're applying healing, Lord, to every situation. We're applying healing, Lord, to mental situations. We're applying healing to emotional situations. We're applying healing, Lord, to backs. We're applying healing to knees. We're applying healing to feet. We're applying healing to ankles. We're applying healing, Lord, God, to cancer. We're applying healing to diabetes. We're applying healing, Lord, to hearing loss. We're applying healing, Lord, to things that, that people hadn't even mentioned, God. We're believing you by the power and the blood. Come on, I, be, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Come on, God is in the house. On Easter Sunday night, he wants to help us. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank you for it right now. God bless you. You may be seated. Look at verse 21. Listen, I'm telling you tonight, God has what you need. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against therapists. I send a lot of people. You, you, you'd be amazed if, if you ever become a therapist. If you're watching, you need to get to know me because I can help you out. I send a lot of people to therapists. Now, I try to find uh, Holy Ghost filled ones. I try to find people that, that uh, have a biblical worldview. Uh, and so I'm not against therapists. I'm not against doctors. I'm, I'm for them. I'm not against medicine. I'm for it. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's great surgeons, but Jesus is better. There's great therapists, but Jesus is better. There's great doctors, but Jesus is better. There's great accountants, but Jesus is better. There's great attorneys, but Jesus is better. Y'all, I, I wish y'all would feel this like I'm feeling it right now. I'm telling you, Jesus is better than whatever's going on in your life tonight. Hallelujah. And he can bring peace. We throw that word around. You see, we throw that word around because we have it. But there's people that can't sleep, and they need peace. There's people like my mother... When she, before she came to God, she took a pill to get up. She took a pill to stay up. 
and she took a pill to go to sleep because she had no peace. But I'm telling you, Jesus brings peace. He said there's a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, I don't want to just preach about it. I want to apply it to people's lives. When I walk in a grocery store and the Holy Ghost talks to me, I want to grab somebody by the hand and say, young man, amen, God can give you the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Maybe you and I are somebody, amen, that we don't, uh, we don't, we maybe can't relate to it. Uh, but I'm telling you, there's people, there's thousands, yay, millions of people that suffer from not having peace. Uh, and they suffer from anxiety. And billions of dollars are used to try to bring peace uh, through all these different types of medicines. But here's the problem with the medicines. Uh, they can take care of the anxiety, but then they cause suicidal thoughts. Oh, but there's a peace. That is pure. That is a peace that is organic. There's a peace that comes from God. Amen. Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you. So my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Amen. Peace. I know you're feeling threatened. I know you're afraid. I know you've got all kind of things going on. But peace, I speak. Put that back up there if you don't mind, Brother Landon. Amen. Peace, I speak to you. Then Jesus said unto them, I'm saying it to somebody. Maybe you're watching. Maybe you're here. But I'm saying it to you. I'm saying peace be unto you. Amen. I'm in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Peace be unto you. Amen. Peace be unto you. I know you're taking Zoloft, but peace be unto you. I know you're taking some heavy medicine. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, peace be unto you. There's peace that God wants to give to you. There's peace that God wants to put in your heart. Oh, there's a peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank Him for it right now. Hallelujah. This all happened not on Sunday morning. Man, we, we love Easter Sunday morning. Everybody wears their get up, don't they? Hey, Amen. You'll go to 400 different stores looking for a tie. You got to have something new, even if it's a new pair of socks. I don't know what it is about. Maybe that's almost godly that we, we want uh, things to be new on Easter. I don't know. Uh, what I try to do is just find something I hadn't worn in a long time. Amen. Yeah, my wife told me that day, she said, if I didn't buy you stuff, you'd never buy yourself anything. And I don't. I, I got enough. If, listen, if I wore one every day of the week, I could probably go quite a while and not wear the same thing. So what I do, I just go to the back of the closet, something I hadn't worn in a long time. And usually when I put that on, I figure out why I hadn't worn it in a long time, because I can't wear it. Uh, so what I do, I just come and uh, be a little bound, a little tight. And instead of lifting my hands way up here, I lift them here. But I got something new on. Praise God. Amen. See, I'm going to save you some money next Easter. Praise God. But, but the, the peace that God wants to bring in your life. And I'm going to tell you where that peace comes from. It comes from His Spirit. I am thankful I'm in a church. And I don't mean just this local church. But I'm glad I'm a part of believers worldwide that believes in repentance I'm glad I'm a part of belief. I'm thankful for the United Pentecostal Church. I'm thankful for men and women that preach repentance, 
Water baptism in Jesus' name. I'm glad I'm not confused about being baptized. I'm glad I hadn't been baptized in the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, which is the name of Jesus. I'm glad I know how I was baptized. I'm talking to you if you're watching right now. Amen. If you don't know how you were baptized, I can pretty much guarantee you wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. There's something about that name. You remember it when it's called over you. Amen. And I encourage you tonight to get baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Why do I want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Because you want the name on your life. You want to be married to Him. You want the name in your life. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for a church that preaches the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. I love Brother Huntley's sermon the other night about speaking in tongues. I don't want to speaking in tongues in a special room somewhere. I don't want to speaking in tongues somewhere where nobody can hear us. Amen. I'm glad I joined the Apostle Paul when he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I'm thankful tonight that we talk in tongues. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Praise God. So tonight, Man, if you want to have the presence, the, the healing, the peace, get His Spirit. His Spirit will change your life. His Spirit changed my life. The Holy Ghost makes a difference. We, we sometimes are kind of confounded by this, but I want to explain it to you. We get with friends and people that we know, and they're good people, they're good moral people, they're good Godly people, uh, they, they are very honest people. They don't talk uh, in a bad way. They don't gossip. They, they're good folks, uh, but they, they, they handle things different than you handle it. And uh, what, what is sin to them is, is, uh, or not sin to them is, is very grievous to you. And they live different than you do. What is that? It's the Holy Ghost. I know a lot of good people but they need the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is the reason we don't have rampant adultery in the church is because of the Holy Ghost. The reason we don't have rampant fornication in the church is because of the Holy Ghost. The reason we don't have rampant gossip in the church is because of the Holy Ghost. The reason we don't have racism in the church is because of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost makes a difference. Look at verse 22. When he had said this unto them, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now we know uh, just a few days later, they actually received the Holy Ghost uh, and, and brought it into their being uh, just like happened to us in the upper room. These same guys. But we find this phenomenon. This is not rare. Uh, this has actually happened all through the Old Testament where God uh, rested His Spirit upon somebody, and He put His Spirit on them. But the Bible says that the Spirit needs to be in us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. How do I get Christ in me? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So we need His Spirit. Then look at verse 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. 
Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. He's talking about baptism right here. He said, I want you to go out, and I want you to baptize. And he said, when you baptize them unto remission of sins, those sins will be remitted or they will be washed away. And he said, if you don't baptize them, their sin is still there. That's why you and I need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, I got baptized when I was six, and I don't remember a lot about it. You don't need to be baptized again. Now, the Bible doesn't necessarily say you, you, you can't be, but what you need to do is just wash in the water of the Word. Amen. If you've been baptized, if you had the name applied to you, amen, you, you, you're good. Just, just get in the water of the Word. Uh, David said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto the word of God. Washing the water of the word. Every day, washing in the water of the word. I need that every day. I was washed in water one time, but I need to be washed in water every day. Amen. What water? In the water of the word of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Then we find in verse uh, 29, now, I want you to see between verses 23 and 29 that there is this conversation with Thomas. Because you see, some people, they don't necessarily get it. But I'm telling you tonight that if you can get this in your spirit, it will make a profound difference in your life. And listen, God doesn't need but one person to get this. Amen. God doesn't need but one person to get this in their spirit. Because I'm telling you, God and you are enough. I want to say that again. God and you are enough. I look around, and uh, boy, this last year has been tough. It's been amazing financially how we have stayed level. But when you look around, it's just it's disconcerting, just to be honest with you. But every time I get to thinking that, God reminds me that a few people being faithful mixed with Him is enough. I want to say that again. A few people mixed with God is enough. In the sixth chapter, I believe it's the book of Mark, and y'all help me out here. Uh, it's in, I, I know in six... Uh, Ironically enough, 666. Matt, uh, it's either Matthew, Mark. Uh, it's one of the Gospels, 6 and 66. I didn't, I didn't plan on putting this in my uh, notes. But it's in the sixth chapter of, of either Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Maybe John. Uh, could be in the Acts. No, it's, it's definitely Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Uh, 6, and it's 66. And in that passage, in that sixth chapter, I want you to see this. It starts out. With Jesus, I'm, now that I think about it, maybe Luke. But, anyway, but somebody will get me straight here in a minute. But, but here, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that Jesus starts out and everybody's following Jesus. And then by the time they get to the 66th uh, verse, nobody's following Jesus. But you see, the Lord knew that if he just had one person, it was enough. You remember the prophet in the Old Testament saying, God, it's just me and you. And God said, you don't know what you're talking about. I got 7,000 that hadn't bowed their knee to bell. I'm telling you tonight, God's got people that you don't see. God's got things that you hadn't planned. 
Amen. God's working in ways that you can't know. God's doing things that you can't see. Amen. I wonder what it was like that next morning after God killed everybody. Amen. Just about everybody in the camp in Israel. And he said, because of your unbelief, I'm wiping out almost every one of you. I'm taking out every single one of you. I'm taking out every, just about every single one of you. And the next day, that must have been a downer. Amen. But you know what? Uh, jo Joshua knew and Moses knew. Uh, amen. Somehow, some way. Uh, God and us is a majority. Me and God is a majority. Amen. It may just be me and God, but we can work it out. It may just be me and God, but we can take care of it. It may just be me and God, but all God needs is you. I was reminded of this uh, in the scripture. In Luke 22 and 38, they told the Lord. They, they, the Lord told them, said, it's getting ready to get bad. And they said, Lord, we don't have but two swords. And the Lord said, that's enough. Because he wasn't planning on using the swords anyhow. He said, that's enough. Now, one did get used. So we know Peter had one of them for sure. I don't know who had the other one. But he said, you know what? Two swords in you guys' hands is more than enough. Y'all can cause enough trouble with two swords. Y'all don't need any more than that. But he didn't need swords. When they brought him in Matthew 14, they brought him five loaves and, and uh, two fish. And, and said, Lord, uh, he said, set everybody down. We're going to feed everybody. He said, all we have, Lord, is a few fish and a few pieces of bread. He said, it's enough. Set them down. I'm telling you tonight, what you have is enough for God. God reminded me that again yesterday. I thought, you know, man, we've had so few people come to church. Now, if you want, if you, uh, here's Church Dynamics 101. Uh, if, if you have Sunday night, your Sunday night crowd is your workday crowd, is your prayer meeting crowd. Now, here's the problem. Sunday night is the third of Sunday morning. And then workday is the third of Sunday night. You get to zero real quick in that. And then throw in a prayer meeting, and prayer meeting's the third of the workday. So, boy, you get down to really close there. You start get cutting to the bare bone. But it's enough for God. Two swords is enough for God. Two pieces of fish is enough for God. Five loaves of bread is enough for God. I'm telling you, God can do something with so little if you'll just let him have it. But you know here yesterday, and I know there are people that would have been here if they could have been here. I know there were things going on they couldn't be here, so I'm not throwing darts at you. I don't do that or try not to. Uh, you, you work and you do. I, I learned a long time ago, everybody contributes something, and not very few people contribute to everything. But And so I'm just thankful. But we had, I believe we had 11 here yesterday, and that's the most we've had in a long time. And you know what? Uh, we, got, we got just about, I think everything on the list, we got virtually every single thing done. And I was walking out of here, I was driving away, and the Lord spoke to me, and here's what he said, Brother Brent. He said, don't ever forget, whoever's willing, it's enough. God and who's willing is enough. That's powerful, folks. You saying, I'm willing. Brother Manser, you up there? There you are. Amen. Savannah, I want to I thank y'all. Because here I've been married long enough to know this. He couldn't do what he does if you didn't, didn't go along with it. You could make his life miserable enough, he wouldn't do it. And I'm, I don't mean to embarrass you. But I'm going to tell you, when I pulled up tonight, and uh, this guy... Between those three guys up there, we got four up there tonight. Oh, Spanks up there. He's watching over them. 
Um, those guys can figure out about anything. Y'all notice the neat uh, backgrounds we had uh, during the praise and worship? I told them, I said, we, we need to update our, our, uh, our, our backgrounds for our worship. And man, they did it. Uh, I said, man, I'd, I'd like to get our sermons where they're on a podcast. They did it. It's on Spotify right now. I mean, everything we need. I, I pulled up. It's Sunday afternoon. I pulled up, and there's Brother Manchester's truck back there, and he's hooking up. He's, he's working on, and he somehow got our, our Internet that's up here to transfer down to the AAC. So now we got Internet down there uh, so we can have our growth group down there and have Internet down there. And uh, here's what I know. And, and the Lord spoke to me again. I was getting out of my car, and I looked down there, and he was up there on the ladder putting up that... Uh, Dish, the Lord said, one man and me is enough. One person is enough. One person that says, I'll do what I need to do. We wanted to reach the Spanish. God brought, it was, a, it was through a, a terrible situation. God brought uh, Oscar and Yessi and eventually NSA here. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, they're probably, it's probably one of the top three, and I don't like to rank, but uh, since we're close to the top, I, I'll do it. Uh, it's probably one of the top three Spanish ministries, if not the top Spanish ministry in the District of Arkansas and probably in the South is a ministry that they run. You see, one family with a willingness. And I remember Oscar telling me, he said, said, Pastor, said, I can't do this. I said, yes, you can. I, he said, I'm not a preacher. I said, you're going to be. I, I can't do this. My father-in-law, he, you know, he worked for his, with his father-in-law. And uh, I, said, I said, Oscar, you've got what it takes. You just got to keep doing it. You just got to keep. It's, it's going to happen for you. Because one man, one woman, and God is enough. I don't want to embarrass him, but you know why Hannah's here? You know why Hannah was praising? You know, usually her grandmother goes out and gets her. But Kobe and Rachel, didn't y'all drive to Maumelle and pick her up tonight? That, you'll never know that, but you know what? They drove all the way to Maumelle, picked her up, and brought her here so she could be in here. Now, most people say, well, you know, uh, Sunday night, uh, just throw that in. Let's, let's don't worry about that. We'll catch her next week. I'm going to tell you, I was watching you today, Hannah, and your grandmother is the last rem first uh, or charter member of this church. We've, you've heard that, haven't you? You knew that? Okay. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I, when I watched you out there in that... Easter bunny suit. I thought, you know what? It would be just like God to, to, to make her one of the most powerfully used people in 20 years if God tarries in this church. Because all God needs is one. This work day and uh, everything that we're doing, God, just if we just present ourselves to God and be faithful, he said, be faithful in a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many. I remember when uh, we went to the school, uh, our kids had a great experience in the uh, elementary. My wife worked at the school two or three days a week. Uh, everybody there knew us. I'd go up and have lunch all the time in the school, and uh, we had a great experience. And then when our, uh, our oldest, when Corey went to middle school, uh, boy, it was a different experience. And he came home one day and he, he told his mom and me, he said, 
he said, uh, some boys at school had a magazine, and he said it was told what it was. And so I, I didn't call the school being ugly. I didn't, I didn't uh, act ugly. I didn't act indignant. I just told them my concern. And uh, they said, well, won't you come up here and, and, and we can talk about it. So I, I went up and, and talked to her for a moment. She listened to me, and then here was her explanation to me. She said, well, Mr. Copeland, she said, you know, your son's now, I guess, 11, something like that. She said, it's time for you to let go and let him grow up. I said, no, wrong answer. That ain't, that ain't happening. Not, not like this. Not, you got pornography in your school and your answer to me is to let my 11-year-old grow up? Uh-uh, sorry. So I started praying. My wife and I started praying. I said, Lord, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, Drawing our kids and 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 being just you know kind of pulling out of society, and I just went through a journey of prayer and fasting about this. And one night I was praying, and God said, "Listen," He said, "What percentage of kids come out of high school can read?" And I think it's forty percent. So, what percentage of kids uh, that go to college? And I knew this from being in college uh, that. What percentage of kids come out of high school, a public high school or any high school, but especially public high school, go to college and don't have to take remedial courses and basically take courses that they should have learned in high school? And here's what the Lord told me. He said, I guarantee you, he said, you can do as well on accident that they can do on purpose. And we started a school. And God bless. And to this day, my wife still stays in touch in fact, we've had uh, students that live in the area that have attended here, our vacation Bible school. And she still stays in touch with those kids. There was an impact and there was a friendship and there was a depth there that we'll never forget. And, and you know what I've, I've thought about? I, I don't want to do it like everybody else. I, I want to do it the way God wants to do it. But I was talking to Brother Oscar the other day. I said, Brother Oscar, I said, you know what? I believe God wants us to... Uh, to do something to where we're ministering to kids every day of the week. I believe that where we're affecting them every day of the week. I believe that we are affecting parents every day of the week. We are influencing parents every day of the week. And, uh, and it's not breaking the bank to do it, but I don't want to do it like everybody else does it. I want to do it the way God wants us to do it, and I want it to be just what God wants. But here's what I know when the time is right, and when God wants us to do it, it'll be just right. And God will be in it. And God will give us the people that we need. And it'll be exactly the way God wants it. Praise God. I asked Brother Rich Price uh, to give us a list of every county and every city in Arkansas that doesn't have a church. You know how I believe that we get a good church in the places that your grandkids and my grandkids will end up? is we plan our own home missions churches. And we give to home missions. If we'll give to home missions and if we'll plant churches, I believe God will honor that when our grandchildren go to somewhere else, there'll be a church there waiting on them. Because you reap what you sow. And so I asked Brother Richie Price, who's over North American Missions for the state of Arkansas, I said, Brother Richie, I said, can you give us uh, 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 every single city in, North, in, in Arkansas that doesn't have a church. And it's amazing that you're in the Bible Belt and you still have church uh, cities that don't have a church, but th they're there. There's counties that don't have a church. 
We need, we need apostolic churches. Listen, if we can start a church in North Little Rock or in Hot Springs, we can start a Spanish church there, we can start, start other churches. I believe that. And I believe all it takes is one person. Now, here's what somebody would say. Well, right now, what I think we need to do is circle the wagons. Right now, what I think we need to do is kind of just, uh, kind of just uh, turn inward. Right now, what I think we need to do is just kind of play it safe. I'm not advocating for us to be dangerous. I'm not advocating for us to be reckless. But I am advocating for us to be full of faith. And say, God, what would you do if you were in our case? Jesus just came out of the tomb. If I were Jesus, what I would have done, I would have gone somewhere and hid. He'd just been killed. But he came out and he started ministering. You know what he did? If you'll go read that 20th chapter of the book of John, the Bible says he breathed on them and he sent them out. He went on the offense. Right after being killed and being buried, he went on the offense. And our human nature is to circle the wagons in the pandemic and in everything else going on, to circle the wagons and pull in and God says, go out. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Occupy until I come. And watch God bless. If we will go out, if we will try, if we will minister to children, if we'll minister every day of the week, if we'll minister on Wednesday, if we'll minister on Sunday. You know, Sister Rachel, I thought about you today. I thought, you know, the first thought I, was, I thought Wednesday night was, uh, Man, what if we didn't have Rachel? And you know what the Lord said to me? But you do. He said, I made sure you did. And what God spoke to me is, I'll give you who you need when you need it. I don't think we start a church without a pastor. But I believe if we say, God, we we believe you, you want us to plant a church there. I believe he'll give us a man. God, we want to start a school. I believe God will give us teachers. We've already got two or three. I'm talking about licensed, uh, certified teachers. Said, you know what? I want to be a part of what you're doing. I'm telling you, God wants to help us. God wants to direct us. Amen. I'm telling you, God wants to work in our life and our heart. Amen. I'm telling you, this is so exciting. They're running the aisles right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God wants to help us if we will let him. God wants to help us, but all he needs is one person praying. All God needs is one person giving. All God needs is one person praising. All God needs is one person helping. Just one person is all he needs. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Praise God. You know, when we started, uh, Kobe and Rachel came to me with this worship project. I I was very intrigued and I was very excited. But yet at the same time, I was very cautious because of just everything going on. And, uh, you know, seemed like everything's kind of on the, on the lower end and things are kind of subdued. And is this a good time? I'm going to tell you, it's never a good time to launch out for God. The devil will make sure of that. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And uh, it hadn't come through yet. And I'm still believing for it. But I've had two people tell me they're not even members of this church. 
But they told me, they said, I like what you're doing. I like uh, what you're trying to do. I like uh, what I'm hearing. And, and I want to help underwrite everything that you want to do in this praise and worship. And we'll see uh, if that happens. I'm going to tell you, if they don't, God will find somebody else. Because God is always there for what you need. Now, I'm talking to you tonight from a pastor, but I want to talk to you just here in closing. Whatever you need God to do in your life, He's going to help you. Don't you, don't you turn inward. You let God in your house. You let God show you His hand, your hand, His hands and His side. You let God breathe on you. Let God work in you. You let God touch you and help you. Don't you turn in and just wait on Jesus to come, but occupy until He comes. Do His work. You say, well, I can't sing, and I can't teach, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Don't try to do what you can. Do what you can. I, I like to take the Bible and put it, think about it the way it was the day it happened. Well, the church was going through a time. To give you perspective, a young man like Zach or a young man like Kobe was taken out of the public square. His name was Stephen. They, they killed him. And that's not some storybook, folks. That's real. My goodness, we let a pandemic shut us down. They killed one of the brightest, one of the sharpest, most godly young men in that church. Don't you think that had a chilling effect? Absolutely it did. Absolutely. Because they were human. Absolutely they, they turned away. I, I read it to you tonight. They had the door locked because they were afraid of the authorities. Did you see that in John 20? See, sometimes we think, oh, they were fearless. No, they were just like you and me. They ran and hid when he was killed. And it's Sunday night. There's just a handful at church. There's some watching. And there's a pall on everything. But it's not a pandemic. It's the fresh grave of Stephen. And everybody's thinking, well, this is over. This is just a matter of time. Jesus is gone. Stephen's dead. And the balcony's empty. What are we going to do? There was Saul walking down the road to Tarsus. God said, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't you quit. I got something prepared for you. Don't you quit. I got something. I got a secret weapon that can turn this thing around. God knocked him down on the road to Tarsus. And God opened his heart and mind and spirit. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. And he wrote over half of the New Testament. And when he died, here's what he said. 
He said, my hands are free of the blood of all of a whole continent. And in a moment, God turned it all around because of one man. You see, God has a plan. If we'll stay, stick with the plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.